Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Comedy Bureau Field Report. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is a member of the Believe podcast family. That is why on your favorite podcast platform it reads Believe in the Comedy Bureau Field Report. And, and, and no matter how I say it, it will be always awkward. Because uh, the name itself, the name of the network is also awkward. And this is episode 148, and they still, I don't think, have listened to an episode because <laughs> they would know that I'm ri- ripping their name apart every single time. <laughs> and I would have, I would have gotten an angry email by this point, but nope, no. No. So nope. they, so you're saying they don't believe? They don't believe. They don't believe. <laughs> They they're all about just having a huge aggregate number of podcasts, right? Well, and, maybe they maybe they do, and they don't. Uh, they don't want to uh, meddle. They want to give you your freedom. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Uh, I mean, I kind of have a lot of freedom and autonomy. I remember them telling me, "Get um, you you should really focus on getting like the biggest guests that you can." And, uh, you know, there I had last week's episode was with a comedy fan. I literally just had somebody who goes to as many shows as I do. Oh, yeah. Because I think that's an interesting perspective because we we never hear from that. And like somebody who can also articulate what they what they find funny rather than what they and why they are that way. Why do they like it? Like, why is comedy your music? We should say who I am. It's me. um, Yeah, absolutely. uh, You're hearing the voice of one of my favorite people in comedy, uh, a stand up comedian, a director uh, of TV specials, his own movies. One of my favorites, World's Greatest Dad being one of them. Thanks, man. Yeah, absolutely. Please give it up for Bobcat Goldthwait, everybody. Oh, well, sit down, <laughs> sit down. I uh, already seated. <laughs> I, I, the audience is going insane for for Bob Scratch Goldfarb. But yeah, I uh, <laughs> I, uh, uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I just was in Los Angeles because it's the 20th anniversary of the Jimmy Kimmel show. And I directed that show for years. I, I think I directed there longer than I thought when we were there trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, it wasn't like ABC was like uh, going, you know, the guy who's banned from the other talk shows. Yeah, that's the guy who's <laughs> our director. That's the guy who's driving the bus for Kimmel. Right. Yeah, I, I'm guessing that's Jimmy's call. If Jimmy Jimmy's, you know, has Don Barris open for him. he I don't think right. that was ABC's call. Either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Jimmy's super smart and I think he was looking for uh the the relationship that Letterman had with his uh with Hal Gurney, you know, mm. uh, so like if something weird was happening in the studio, I had no problem cutting to it, or <laughs> if it was like a punchline to something, you know, uh, right? Uh, it's it, so I think that was a big part of my job when I got it, and you know, I miss those guys. I had a really great time when I went back and visited. Right. What was um in your time directing? What was like a great unplanned moment that you caught? Oh, I remember uh, Corolla when the show was live, bringing on a a like a Chihuahua, saying uh-huh. <laughs> saying that it was his dog and he was lying and uh-huh. and uh, 
it threw up and uh they, <laughs> they gave it a lot of uh tranquilizers i guess they gave him hot dogs and tranquilizers were in the hot dog. i don't know whatever and the dog just hurled all over the desk so uh i felt that was really good because you heard it, it seemed like the, <laughs> the cameraman's instinct was to pan away uh-huh. and and i'm going shoot the vomit and uh, <laughs> uh I remember the producer actually talking to me about that later on about about shoot the vomit. Uh, that became a catchphrase, oh, kind of my awesome. kind kind of my mantra: shoot the vomit. But wow. uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I had a I had a million stories when I was there. I, I some of them end up in my act, but here's the story that makes me laugh that I just remembered. Uh, mm-hmm. Motley Crue was coming on and. And Nikki Six turned his car around. It didn't come to the rehearsal for some reason. And then uh-huh. the, their manager comes into the booth and he goes, he had Nikki Six on the phone. He goes, Nikki, I'm going to put you on the phone with the director. Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> no, yeah, same guy. <laughs> no, I'm serious. And then he goes, here's Nikki. And I go, hey, man, where, you, where what happened? How come you? And he goes, he goes, you know, the crew, we don't do television. And I just thought this was supposed to be special. And it's just the way you could shoot everything else on the show, every other band. And I was like, oh, no, man. I go, I wish you stuck around because I was going to have you guys come through the barn doors. No one ever comes on the stage that way. And you had been backlit and there would have been like smoke and black and white and it, and Wagner would be playing. <laughs> and and. And and he's like Wagner. I go, you know, Apocalypse Now, da 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 da, da yeah. ladies and gentlemen, Motley Crew, da 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 da. And then he goes, all right, all right. And then he turns, he's coming back, and I give the phone back, and the manager goes, well, why didn't you tell us that you were doing all that stuff? And I'm like, because I just came up with it, you know, because <laughs> I, I was like, what would a what would a heavy metal guy really like? So right, right, right. So yeah, there was a lot of problem solving uh mm-hmm. when i was there but i i really loved that gig but uh yeah but we, we were off the air we were saying i live in uh illinois now now i live yeah. about an hour west of the city in the woods right what prompted <laughs> that move well right now i don't live that far from my girlfriend's family they you know her her parents so we we you know we can we're nearby which is nice and then um I also just I'm not saying I, I wouldn't live in L.A. again or, or you know, that I hate L.A., but I, I was getting pretty tired of the of the fires and and stuff, <laughs> you know, right. and and, you know, Tom Kenny saw where I moved and he's because we've known each other since we were six years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tom's like, you just moved to East Syracuse. That's where I'm from, you know, and uh-huh. it's kind of true. You know, right. I, I live on two acres. There's a, it's in the woods. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, I got to fill my deer feeder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before How close this is your next neighbor? The neighbors aren't that far away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all in, there's probably like eight neighbors in this <laughs> dead end, on this dead end street. Yeah. Wow. So, um, yeah. So people are like, well, do the. What do the neighbors make you? I go. I don't know. You'd have to ask them. It'd be like, who's the guy in his underwear, uh, in boots, uh, mm-hmm. giving the uh, deer apples? That would be me. I just run out in the snow and feed the deer. <laughs> right. So you leave. I mean, yeah. The Angelinos have uh, perhaps 
too chill of an attitude about the fires, especially yeah. in the city, myself two, included. Two years in a row in Glendale, the 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 hill behind our home was on fire, mm-hmm. and we just sat there and and waited to be uh, evacuated. You know, they were they were saying the fire department said, "Well, we'll tell you, but you know, it's, it'd be good if you put your pets in carriers now." And it was just, you know. <laughs> You know, I have a line in my act. Uh, I don't think it'll be in there that much longer. But I said, um, I go, I like firemen because if there's a, an emergency, they they run into a building. They don't wait <laughs> 70 to 90 minutes. You know, so, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, so so we're 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 here and I do a lot of dates in the Midwest. I travel a lot and just drive from gig to gig. And, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm happy, but I'm also uh, working on a bunch of stuff, you know, I just, uh, uh, it's a kind of a top secret project, but Ooh, it's not okay. so top secret. I mean, I've, I've been talking about it. It's, uh, uh, I have like 40 minutes of a lost unfinished Ed Wood movie. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. And, and so I'm going to shoot the remaining missing scenes and of course, where who would you involve in that? That's Dana Gould is <laughs> right, is, right, right. is is working on it with me, and we're trying to track down the book that it was based on called um, uh, Mama's Diary that right. Ed wrote under a pseudonym. But so so I'm going to shoot the rest of the the Ed Wood film. That's amazing. That's, yeah, oh, that's the, a, okay. yeah. No, go ahead. Oh, this is like Spielberg doing AI, right? <laughs> Yeah, it is stepping in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Dana pointed out how much it is like uh uh plan nine because mm-hmm. I have this footage and now uh, <laughs> we're cobbling a movie around it. So <laughs> so yeah, that's that's is uh this is really fun, you know. I mm-hmm. think I, you know, this will be the ninth movie I've made, and this will mm-hmm. be the first movie that I've made mm-hmm. where I mean there's obviously I have I do have some kind of odd respect for Edward, but mm-hmm. the prerequisite of this film is is to try to make it entertaining and funny. Uh, right. if, if you watch this movie that I have, Ed is trying to be funny. It's it's like his attack attack at comedy because he he wrote a lot of comedy scripts. He never really got around to filming like uh, sure. Operation Salami and some right. other movies. So right. so uh, I'm this is probably the first time that I'm. I'll be hopefully historically accurate, but at the same time, I'm really just trying to uh, make people laugh and entertain them. Amazing. Well, for people who are like Gen Z that are listening, because I, Jesus, I, there are more and more of them all the time in comedy. <laughs> uh, who, how would you describe Ed Wood? Oh, well, you know, wrongly people accuse him of being the worst filmmaker of all time oh, absolutely. uh you know you know the worst filmmakers are people that make boring movies or pretentious movies or yeah. movies that you know ed wood had to make movies now his movies were very schlocky you know plan nine from outer space and right. you know and 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 uh but they were inventive you know he had no money and he figured out ways to make these movies and they were always personal it's interesting like glenn or glenda is clearly him kind of telling his story about about uh he's just trying to say hey i i like to dress in women's clothing and uh it's no big deal Mm -hmm. and it's i stand by that i don't think (laughs) i don't think he's a freak i actually feel more Mm -hmm. you know edward and myself uh 
both make movies that nobody's asking for. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's asking for my next movie, uh-huh. and, but I have to make them. And and like Ed Wood, you know, I make them with my friends, and right. uh, often they're on small budgets. But um, right. you know, I this I I make a living doing stand up, so mm-hmm. I can make movies. I don't make a living making movies. And wow. of course, when I direct people's specials and things like that, I get paid well for that. But right. I'm never I'm never. It was fascinating watching the Fablemans because I was like, why would Spielberg wait? what 60 years mm-hmm. to tell a a, a a personal story that that's <laughs> do you know what i mean like yeah it, well yeah maybe he's not like soderbergh he's like all right maybe like 30 for the studios and then one for me <laughs> this is like no one's more like 70 for the studios <laughs> one for me yeah, yeah. um it's fascinating. I, I've always gone the other way. You know, right. uh, if you watch the movies, it's like, oh, uh, World's Greatest Dad, you were talking yeah. about is it's clearly that was me as a middle aged man where I was like kind of tired of being in relationships where uh, I didn't have a voice. So, right. I mean, you know, so every time I make a movie, my daughter says, yeah, dad, you're like like uh, God bless America, which uh-huh. is, I say, a violent movie about kindness. Um <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not Frank. I'm not the guy who's fantasizing about shooting babies. And my daughter's like, yeah, of course you're Frank, you know. So, um, <laughs> right. so, so, right. yeah, it's always that. But um, I, I don't want to mess up your format too much. Now, today the the Academy Awards uh, uh-huh. were, were now. How do you watch all the movies? I I like to. Uh, yeah, I like to watch all the movies. Um, but sometimes that's like, you know, there's just like an access issue, you know, like for specifically right. like the, sh- the documentary and live action shorts. Yeah. Yeah. The they docs, like, they the play like the are, new war for like yeah. two days and then that's yeah. it. No, that's so funny because that's like some of the docs I was actually going to reach out because I, I, I know some of the filmmakers and just say, hey, can right. I watch it? But the. Uh, to me, the big shock is like to see, and I I didn't see it, so maybe I shouldn't mm-hmm. be critical. But to see Avatar two is like up right. there. That that was like uh, I did see it, and it doesn't yeah. deserve to be up there. It deserves yeah. VFX for sure because they spent yeah. so much money. But as the best it. picture, no, I I get sort of placating like the mainstream having Hollywood right. involved with like Top Gun Maverick being in there. I get that. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I also, I should say this: I did not see that movie either. I probably <laughs> will. I probably will now that it, it as it gets closer. But, but I, I had I don't know anyone that saw that didn't say no. It's a really good movie. <laughs> Uh, so I just have a, uh, I just have a personal thing when the, when the cruisers in a movie, it really takes me out of it. Uh, sure. You know, but, but he's great in Magnolia and things like that, but. Oh but, yeah. Um, but, I think Tom yeah. Cruise is best when he's playing a villain. Don't you think? Oh yeah. 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 That's why like, I think like, like, uh, Robin Williams is my buddy and it's like, mm. people never thought he was acting until 
he would play a villain or someone crazy like right. like uh one hour photo or something mm-hmm. like that then they thought you know if he was playing evil then they were like oh he's acting right um or if he wasn't like on they thought mm-hmm. he was acting too and it's interesting you know he really prided himself at being an actor like that meant a lot to him mm-hmm. like he wanted to be an actor before he wanted to be a comedian. Wrap your brain around that. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Right. But so he took acting super serious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I think good his performance in Goodwill Hunting will stand the test of time. Right. It yeah. But and and there's so many movies and things like there's this uh there's this thing called Seize the Day, which is a PBS thing that he did that uh criminally underseen, and he's so good in that. Mm-hmm. But you know the the movie that got all the love is 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 my favorite movie of the year. You know, everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, which which that movie should get all the nominations for effects mm-hmm. simply Absolutely. because it was inventive and it was yeah. original. And then when you find out that the effects team was about five or six people, yeah, and it's competing with movies with effects teams of two to four thousand, right? You know. Uh, but whatever, it got eleven other nominations. It got eleven other nominations, and I mean, a lot of those effects were practical, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it. <laughs> I saw. I'm, I'm ruining their quote, but the, the Daniels said, you know, they were talking about uh, a Swiss Army man. Oh and yeah. They were like, and they were like, if you, if you love our, uh, you know, our, our time traveling, uh, uh, uh multiverse uh film you have uh, they gave it another describer mm-hmm. and then they said then you also have to love our farting corpse movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i you know what's funny i watched with sorry man i felt like the the, the trades per, perhaps and a bunch of reviewers should blame themselves for like there's it's not only that daniel radcliffe plays a farting corpse it's more than just that but I felt of like course. the movie got labeled yeah. as like, oh, it's the fart corpse movie. Yeah, that's like, and I have that with most of my movies. You know, it's, <laughs> right. a, it's a rom-com with a tiny bit of bestiality. <laughs> and, yeah. And and I think people didn't even see it because they just thought it was going to be a gross out comedy. And right. and it's not a gross out comedy. It's right. it's a cringe comedy. Sure. Uh, But it's not a gross out comedy. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I think, I think... I don't know if 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 society is, but maybe, you mm-hmm. know, right. Uh, I think we we definitely moved away from cringe humor. And and um, I there was something that's oh, there's a Patton's new movies. I haven't seen it. That that seems like it, it's it's cr- a cringy movie. But it's, I don't know if people want to cringe anymore. I think. Right. I, I think. I think, you know, we're back to. uh you know, I think the reason why there's so many multiverse movies right now is because we want to believe that there's an, a version of this world that makes sense. So we want to believe right. justice. We want to believe in happiness and peace. And I think that's why there's so many multiverse movies. But I right. also think people kind of just want to, without sounding corny, laugh, laugh, and, yeah. you know, life reaffirming. Because right. I, I think the world's so horrible right now i think right. that's the harder thing to write yeah is to write something positive right now like and, I, and not be corny or schlocky and be original. right i which i mean you bring up an interesting point because i i can't even remember a time 
where for the Oscars that uh, like something that's pretty much a comedy led the way in, in nominations. Like yeah. I think the last time they a genre picture even led was like Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah, I couldn't. I can't even think of like a comedy. You know, what I mean, is it is it like a movie like Annie Hall? I mean, I wouldn't know, but I'm trying right. to think of like something but that was. Yeah. Normally, something like Annie Hall, they would get relegated to like best screenplay, right? Yeah, and then not really much else. Maybe like best actor, best but uh, comedy. I always felt is treated like a second class citizen when it comes to the Oscars. But this right. is, I I wonder if this will just be a blip or this is like a sign of the changing times that like there's no more Oscar bait. Like, cause this is, I mean, outside of like it representing right. Asian, Asian women. Yeah. Like, and, and there's a, and, and, uh, uh, you know, a same sex couple. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not, you know, it's not, that's the beauty of this movie. Nobody, maybe somebody, but I don't think anybody, they were going to be at the Oscars. I think right. this was a passion project. I think right. it's just creativity mm -hmm. and originality. And I right. just think, I just think they, they had to make this movie. Oh, um, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's very hopeful to me that you can make something that weird. And, uh, uh, you know, the, it's interesting. There's two movies that I went and bought a ticket. Mm-hmm immediately to watch again and it was young frankenstein right. and then it was that movie <laughs> i had to figure out what the hell did i just see and, and young, <laughs> yeah you know, and Absolutely. young frankenstein is is it's it's smashing genres which yeah. is kind of what i do in a lot of the movies i make you mm -hmm. know it's a it's gonna be an alcohol clown movie but it's a noir film and right. it's uh you know whatever so it's it just right. smashing up these mm -hmm. things and um and and Young Frankenstein was the first time I saw that, and and, and then this movie, mm -hmm. the first time I watched it, I really liked it, and then the second time I watched it, I liked it a lot, but I actually cried. I didn't oh, cry the first yeah. time; I cried right. the second time. Was so. it during? I mean, like point, people point this out, and it, it's another beautiful uh, facet of the movie is that like a lot of the scenes where they have hot dog fingers, the universe where they have hot dog fingers, are oh yeah, tender. Beautiful yeah. moments, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's that's the uh, uh, yeah. That that I don't know. I'm I'm happy. So this is one time I'm 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 excited at, to watch the Oscars. I went with Robin to the Oscars one right. year. Yeah, I was, his, I was his date. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it was so funny because we sat like in the second row, and I knew from directing Kimmel that they need people who are smiling and clapping and laughing to cut right. to because all the celebrities are kind of, they're all miserable. And um, I would laugh. I don't even know what Billy Crystal was saying. I ended up on camera four times that night. I was just right. like, and they would cut to me. And then I hear <laughs> another laugh at one point and I look and it's Oprah. So me and Oprah have a moment where we look at each other like, Oh, <laughs> you go girl. You know, it was just, <laughs> It was so weird, right? Uh, but yeah, yeah, I would. I looked like a Make a Wish kid. I was just sitting <laughs> up there. I was so happy and so excited. Right? Is there a is there a red carpet photo of you two being? Oh yeah, there's yeah, and we're like uh, holding hands and kissing and 
and uh, Amazing. caused a little bit of a flap at my daughter's, <laughs> at my daughter's high school. <laughs> right. Right. Well, it'll uh, it'll be exciting. It, it will actually truly be exciting to watch the Oscars this year with uh, everything everywhere all at once leading, yeah. leading the way. And then a I comedy, mean, a comedy. You know, I mean, people can try to paint it as an action adventure sci fi sort of thing, but it's comedy first. Yeah, yeah. There's just, it's just laughs and laughs. I mean, right. I, you know, uh, I would almost, I, I, I would almost say Babylon is a comedy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, there's it's I mean, a lot of, a lot of big laughs in that. And you're like, what the hell am I watching? Absolutely. And there are like comedians in it. Roy Scoville has like my favorite yeah. line in that movie. Yeah. Where he's well, like telling uh the uh, Manny, the guy who plays Manny, like they're trying to pay this gangster off. And right. He, and he's like, Oh, I don't I don't I don't think I've ever done this. Is, is this gonna be okay? And he's like, Look, they're no worse than movie people. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh I really like that movie too. It's 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 long. Um, mm-hmm. I mean that's most movies now, but it's like uh uh that first forty five minutes is such a breakneck pace. I oh, was yeah. like I was like, they have to slow down. I, I'm not I can't assimilate all this. There's right. gotta be a break. Right. Man, it was so ambitious. There's so many tracking shots in that movie. I I mean, just marveling at they were able to do all of that. Yeah, and that whole giant party is yeah. you know, it's I was gonna say it's like Baz Larman, but it's it's not as choppy, you know. No. And and I like his movies, obviously, but it, it's like, um, yeah, it's something else. It's pretty crazy. I, yeah. I liked it. You know, I right. had people that uh, friends that had a problem with it, but that, yeah. you know, I yeah. I there are parts I like. I feel flawed about it. I mean, that montage put at the end was I feel it's really strange. <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh. Uh. Yeah. I. You know. No argument for me. Uh, I, you know, a part of me, how I judge a movie is if it was good or not. If I keep thinking about it afterwards, sure. and that one, I definitely kept thinking of. So, right. I I'm almost along the. I like to have movies that like I viscerally like feel something, even if it's like that I'm upset. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like um, oh uh, uh, shoot, what's the movie? Uh uh, you know, after Pie. Uh, oh man. Oh, uh, uh, by Aronofsky. Yeah. Um. Uh. Jennifer uh oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. the butt to butt after oh my god yeah. that movie is mm-hmm. a great movie and requiem for a dream there we requiem go. for a dream that's a fantastic movie and yeah. and and almost it's impossible to watch like uh, it's such a great mm-hmm. movie and I had to keep turning it off right and going going uh, uh. I'm so <laughs> glad I didn't see it in the theater because I would have been like, <laughs> you know yeah. like ah um, yeah. But, I'm sure you would have seen people walk out because they couldn't take it. Well, you know what's funny? The other day I I, I reposted it, but the, there was a a a, a clip from ETV, and it's mm-hmm. the premiere of Shakes the Clown, yeah. and it has Graham Nash and it has David Bowie, and David's with Amon, and they say, you know, uh, you know what 
what make what brought you here or something like that and 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 there was a whole circus going on Mm -hmm. out front of the premiere and he's like oh i just saw this and then i go i go he lost a bet and then david just immediately steals it and he goes yeah i lost a bet and then (laughs) and then he but then he goes he goes the bet was if i'd watched the movie twice because i've already seen it which is really sweet but um but uh, oh, what were we talking about? Because the uh, oh, the walkouts. Mm-hmm. I had walkouts at my my premiere. It was a, <laughs> it was a benefit for comic relief, and people yeah. walked out of the premiere. I don't know if that premier, I've never premier heard for of what that. though. Shakes the clown. Oh, for shakes the clown. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he 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 was at this. Was, I should have said this. I don't think I was clear. This was all at the shakes the clown premiere. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, with David walking out. Wow, that's... no, David stayed actually. David, David stayed, but yeah, people yeah, yeah, walked out. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, okay, I think I'm gonna jump here because I I saw you post this. I, oh, I forgot this was like a, a story, but it's important. Um, Saturday Night Live, um, their post team, uh, was attempting to unionize, and in negotiations with NBC, they have not. <clears throat> landed on a contract yet right uh, you, even though they're in the middle of the season yeah and 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 you know the re- reason i i reposted it not that i'm gonna bring a- snl to its knees mm-hmm. was one i don't know how many comics would actually weigh in on that um right. and the other was is as somebody who's directed and somebody who's directed segments mm-hmm. for for television mm-hmm. like on kimmel you know those act one clips mm-hmm. right the there's nobody working harder than the the editing team, the post team, mm-hmm. to scramble to get those bits in shape, get them out. There's just nobody. And 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 like on SNL, I mean, our show had a cutoff on a daily basis, so no one was working around the clock. But they're working around the clock on SNL to get those bits delivered. And right, you know, it's it's uh, you know, I grew up in a union house. My dad was a union sheet metal worker. Uh, I belong to all the unions, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I make small movies. And you know what? Uh, all of them, uh, you know, you say I'm making a movie for this amount of money and they play ball with you. You know, there's ways to there's ways to make tiny films and also uh uh, s- still be union or- and still be respectful, you mm-hmm. know. Absolutely. It's a weird job. Why? Why in in making movies and television mm-hmm. do do they think it's accept acceptable for people not to get <laughs> to work twenty hours? That's right. just crazy. I think we're. I think there is a changing tide of this narrative of where you definitely have to like like break your neck in order to like make it in Hollywood. Yeah. That you don't have to do that, and then you know it's nice to hear that even from coming the top down, like certain directors are saying in interviews, I'm not going to work with problematic talent anymore. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't want to deal with someone who's difficult, who's going to cause a problem for the entire crew. Right. Well, you know, you know what's uh, what's interesting is 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 the fact that this idea that that making a movie should be backbreaking exhausted and we're on the whim of either like you're talking about talent that's Mm -hmm. difficult or 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 director writers that are infant terribles you know Mm -hmm. but excuse me but Mm -hmm. it started from the silent pictures 
Right. Like on Buster Keaton sets, there was bunk beds. There was people that were, they were just sleeping. Uh, right. uh, you just went and slept on the set. Bunk right. beds were in the uh, uh, on the studios. Yeah. And actually, they I think they touch on that a little bit in Babylon. Too, oh, yeah. You know? they, it's insane. Yeah, their, yeah. their their sets are like like one set is the set for like seven movies at the same time. Right. And and that was accurate. You know, they would have uh, uh, when they would uh, have audiences mm-hmm. watching them film, they mm-hmm. would have this is when there was no sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they would have musicians playing for the for the mood of the scene. And, and yeah, so that was pretty crazy. Yeah. You know, it, and, and it was also I don't know what line of work you could compare it to. But it wasn't prestigious. It was <laughs> no, 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 no. You know no. what I mean? It wasn't right. like you know. I'm trying to think of what it would be the equivalent of now. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe rock and roll, but even mm-hmm. that's kind of. I don't know. Pro- probably like doing stuff off of uh, like content making on Twitch or something. Because <laughs> right, because a lot of those people to make money, if that's like what they choose to do, it's like I got to live stream everything. Yeah. And, the, and it's, the... you know, one day I was watching this young guy and he, mm-hmm. he, he, he was doing his daily uh, uh, YouTube show mm-hmm. and he had graphics and he had little funny comedy bits that he did in his opening monologue. His opening monologue was him at the desk. Right. But it made me go, wow, it's really over <laughs> for, you know, what I mean, it's over for the, for the Jimmy's, you know, mm-hmm. and for the, uh, I guess there's, there's a couple talk show hosts that right. don't have the name Jimmy, but, right. um, <laughs> or James, uh-huh. but you know, uh, w- w- they'll run their, they'll run their, 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 their run, but they'll, they'll never be, they're never going to be paying, uh, a cis white guy millions mm-hmm. and millions to yeah. do, a monologue that uh, someone by themselves can compete with. Right. And I don't know how my, how interested people are in that anymore. Like waiting once a day or once a week to see like these like crafted one liners about topical news when you could just go to social media. Yeah. And it's, it's funny and it's already done. You know, the, the uh, it's interesting that SNL's, competes with you know it's competing with social media now it, you mm-hmm. know it, it, the 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 pre-tape stuff is is definitely competing with with right. you know and uh which brings back to the importance of why they should be paid fairly they should be paid fairly you know it's funny about snl always people always complain about snl and it's like i, I learned 40 years ago that I was no longer their target audience. Do you know right. what I mean? And it, 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 so when I am entertained by SNL or find something exciting on it, that's, that's cool. Right. I don't, I don't get bad at SNL because it's like, it's, it's, it's for children. You know? Yeah. That's a, <laughs> Brooks Whelan who got fired after his first season on it. Uh, I remember seeing him go up at Hot Tub. It, that was like his first set after he got fired. And he was like, yeah, I got, it's a kid's show. Like why? Yeah. Yeah, of course I got fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's 
and there's people on there that are hilarious, you know, right. but, but, uh, you know, it's, I've heard people say this, that the, the SNL cast that you like is the SNL cast from when you were, you know, in yeah. puberty. There's truth in that. There's truth in that. Yeah. Cause I really loved Will Ferrell. And then when Fallon came on, I was like, why does he keep laughing all the time? <laughs> I had a dream doing now. I had a dream last night that uh-huh. me and Tom Kenny were on SNL. Uh huh. Oh, what Isn't was that, that weird? Like? It yeah. was. We were. Uh, I kept getting closer and closer to his face because <laughs> I knew that I could make him bust. So that's, <laughs> and he and he did. We got. I right. put my face right next to his face, and he started right. laughing. And we did well. That was the funny thing. And then, right. and then, and then after we're and the show's over, and we're we're like, well, we did okay. Like we're right. we we did. Isn't that what a weird dream? What a weird dream. You mentioned Buster Keaton. There's a Buster Keaton biopic or a biopic series in the work, uh, in the works uh, with Rami Malek uh, cast as Buster Keaton, which, you know, I think he kind of has the look, but the physicality will be important i think matt reeves who directed the latest iteration of batman the batman will be uh directing the series uh do you do you as somebody who's like makes things that people aren't asking for was anybody asking for a buster <laughs> keaton series well well it's i don't know as a series you know i i you know i've always uh, I've loved Buster Keaton and, and, um, you know, you never know what, the, you know, it, it could be amazing. Um, but you know, they did a, and I think it was like in the fifties or maybe it was like late forties, they already did the Buster Keaton story, which was a, a, a total whitewash. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was really corny. And, and, you know, Buster had his demons, you know, I think it's interesting, you know, Buster was kind of a booze bag towards the end of his life. He finally sobered up. But right. uh, at one point he stole his kids, Jimmy and Bobby. And I've always had a that's my brother. And my name is Jimmy and Bobby. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he stole his kids. Whatever. He He, he had a crazy life. Definitely worth the story. You know, he kind of stuck with Fatty Arbuckle when everybody else kind of right. bailed on him. Right. Uh, ended up making a, a, so much bread later in life mm-hmm. doing commercials. It's fascinating. He he wouldn't, like, he, he had this, like, kids in the 60s uh-huh. discovered his movies, and he was a big deal, and he wouldn't go into the theater he he would stand outside and listen to the laughter and applause but he wouldn't go in the movie interesting i hope that's captured in the series what would he do commercials for i didn't know that it was like for like sunoco or so or one of the major gas stations and he would just do you know just do pratfalls and stuff but you know <laughs> oh okay so i don't think like i don't think people understand that like it's not the fact that you're not watching the movie and going, wow, I can't believe that's really Buster Keaton right. because they're, the, they're these massive wide shots. Mm-hmm. But but what it is, is he's funny. So yeah. he, his body language, everything he's doing is funny, you know? Right. So I guess he's the precursor to Jackass in some ways. Um, right. 
I I almost think there's a direct line. Well, you could almost I would I would argue Je- Buster Keaton to like Jackie Chan to Jackass. Oh yeah, definitely. I yeah. definitely. Um, I I really we'll see. You know, I I I thought uh, it's interesting. Like I I I thought the Queen movie, the Freddie Mercury movie, was was horrible. Right. Uh, uh, only because it was just all this. You know, when Freddie died, he was, you know, <laughs> he was touring with the band. I mean, they didn't have this fallout and then get back together right. for Live Aid bullshit. Right. Um, and it's okay. I understand you're trying to make a movie that has some kind of arc, but mm-hmm. but it, that guy's life was fascinating enough that you could have found an arc, I think, without being dishonest. Mm-hmm. Whereas, and I know there's people that aren't crazy about that, but, you know, Rocket Man, I loved. I just mm-hmm. thought that was really fun. And right. um, I think it's because the fact that they had the fantasy and the, you know, and they don't, you know, so then that gives you a license to fudge facts. And, right. you know, I really enjoyed that. Although it's funny, I, I, I saw it and that's another movie I saw twice in the theater, but mm-hmm. I saw it in Boston the first time. And when Elton John's character starts uh, kissing, uh, making out with his manager, and I'm in Boston. This guy's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like <laughs> this guy starts yelling and he drags, swear to God, he drags his date out of the thing. Uh, you know, he's like, are you fucking kidding me? Come on. And they leave. Wow. And, and I'm like, what? Is, it's the Elton John movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, One of the most <laughs> iconic gay celebrities of all time exactly like the same thing happened when we went to see that liberace doc fuck this you know (laughs) it was really it was really hilarious but um i think buster certainly is 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 worthy of an examination um especially because i think even now charlie chaplin is still more touted than he is yeah and 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 chaplin you know there's just and I'm just talking about the personas. I'm not talking right. about the behind the scenes. Right. But Keaton, I really made me laugh, and still right. does. And there's something funny. And and Chaplin is just a little. He's just cute to me, you know. Right, he's just, right. uh, you know, obviously he's brilliant and all this stuff. But it's just kind of a. It's a little too adorable, you right. know. Yeah. Uh, where yeah, I feel like Keaton holds up today. Where Chaplin is like, well, you know, it was like cute for the time. Yeah. You know, it is interesting when you watch both those people, mm-hmm. how much they hold up mm-hmm. versus when you watch other things from from the silent air and you're oh, going yeah. and you're going, I don't know what is entertaining about this. What 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 was what did people find fascinating? Right. I mean, you know, during during the. uh Sorry, I cut you off. But uh, during the pandemic, I I went down a a, a Marx Brothers uh, rabbit hole. Oh, and, fun! And that, yeah, because I was just so depressed. I was just right. like, watch that. And when you watch that, it's like mm-hmm. it's surrealism, it's right. puns, it's physical comedy, it's musical. There's highbrow and there's really dumb stuff. And it's I don't know. I mean, again, you know, maybe everything all at once, you know, genre breaking, but the Marx Brothers broke genres. They weren't, they weren't, there wasn't a Marx Brothers movie outside of uh, three of them showing up in a lot of them. 
Right. And they had these personas that they were kind of married to. Everything else was out the window. It was pretty great. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, it's fascinating. It is uh, like New Bev and some other places. They'll always play like duck soup and animal crackers on like Christmas or New Year's Day. Right. As a, like, is that their programming? Sarah? Like, well, there's not anything else really going on so i guess we'll play these <laughs> it's it's the uh, it's the the it's the version of chinese food yeah uh, it's like well if you're at the movies uh you you don't want to watch anything christmas so we're gonna give you uh the chinese food of <laughs> of cinema right right absolutely yeah. um oh, let me see there's another new story i wanted to cover yeah, no, I think that that's it. I, you know, I wanted to talk to you more. So, like, I first off, I think you might be one of the only people that can say that you do stand up for a living, so you can make movies. <laughs> right. I don't know that anybody. <laughs> I think a lot of I think a lot of comedians today is like I do. I'm a podcaster for a living, so I can do stand up kind of. Right. Right. Well, I do. Yeah, I go out of the road and it prevents me it gives me time to to get the next movie going. Right. Um there's a, I have there's two movies that I actually put money in. You know what's funny they always say don't use your money and it's like uh the two movies that I invested in were the two movies that I made the most money back. So that goes out the window. Um yeah. but I I yeah, doing stand-up fortunately gives me the time to to write screenplays and then hustle on them and get them going, you know. Right. And during the pandemic, I wrote like a, a movie that's basically based on me when I was seven. Uh-huh. This weird fat kid that uh <laughs> that liked to dress up and uh-huh. you know, I was an oddball. Right. Uh and really? uh i wrote yeah yeah Peshaw. and um i i wrote a movie about that and and uh you know knock on wood it, it it might be the first time i go out and make a movie and it's not done outside the system i actually uh have had a couple uh studios interested in this new script so we'll see how it goes we'll see yeah. we'll see how i deal with um uh a studio we'll see right. what happens and that's so that's on your plate w- along with your ed wood project yeah yeah awesome yeah and well been, uh... I, what i'm curious about is like so like how do you how do you find the time to just do stand up like like headline play clubs or do the road and then write and you're like oh that gives me time to write scripts and then also right. like someone who came up in the 80s as someone entirely different like and now you do stand up for these days and you have a, a i think a broad range of audiences in terms of age like what is doing comedy like these days versus when you were like given as a gift to prince <laughs> well it's it's you know i used to do comedy and it was kind of making fun of it you know this this guy would come out in tears and stuttering and stuff and then i became a comedian i became the very thing i was making fun of i was never one of these people that worship stand-up comedy but um i that's not true when i was a kid i did when i was a kid i was obsessed with it um but i i 
I make, I go out and on the road and I think audiences, depending upon where I am, are a lot different. You know, I, I have certain places I play. Right. They're there because I was the dude in police academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them, they're there because it's Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And I, the, I had a run where I was walking um, every Friday. I walked <laughs> for three weeks in a row. I uh-huh. either walk somebody or in the front row usually or they were thrown out Um, (laughs) and and it happens a lot because i think people think i'm gonna reaffirm their their reactionary beliefs and when i'm not um you know when i'm not you know when i'm not chanting let's go brandon they're they're surprised and the other thing is is i think they're also not used to people you know, when I tell the story about this drunk guy in a wheelchair that said, fuck Joe Biden. And then I said, why did he run over your legs? Um, <laughs> that sends a message that I really don't care about your views. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think that is where people that's usually when people go off the rails. <laughs> right. But I go, I do these shows. Some places are great. Some places uh, it's a battle. Right. Um, I keep, I try to stay true to myself. Right. And... I think that's always been self-evident, you know? Yeah. But I mean, I, I, I always say I had the career most people have at the end of their career at the right. beginning. Like I sold out as a young man. Right, right, right. Um, and then I go, I get to keep writing these movies. And then if they get a green light, I'm able to move the dates a little bit so mm-hmm. I can f- film the movies but i've i've done so many different genres you know like call me lucky which was a doc yeah and willow creek willow creek is just a straight up horror film right or suspense it's a horror suspense i gotta tell you this i don't know if uh baron ever told you this so i watched like an advanced screening that you had a meltdown oh yeah that was fun it was so fun and baron vaughn wonderful comedian was is also a huge fan of yours and was so excited like wait there's a bobcat movie playing oh i'm gonna stick around to watch this because he was on the show previous to the screening so he sticks around thinking like he just watched god bless america or something thinking he was gonna watch like some brilliant satire and then it just kept getting scarier and scarier and he's like wait where's the where's the twist? where's the where's comedy the yeah, yeah 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 he just kept getting more and more terrified like a, in a, like in a fetal position yeah i remember that screen was great because it was it was we were all on top of each other mm-hmm. and so just like comedy when you're on top of each other you know mm-hmm. and it was just like like i knew the i know the movie right. and i remember me yelping at that screening like yeah. There was a time where, and I went, ah, it's just <laughs> insane. It is insane. But, you know, right. I, I, I eventually, you know, will do a musical. I eventually will do a horror picture. You know, that's a suspense oh, and right. scary film. Right. But I, I, I eventually will do a film with gore uh-huh. and, you know, and, 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 um, you're going to do a Marvel movie, Bobcat? <laughs> no, I don't, I, you know, <laughs> I uh, you no, but uh, no, it's not that I, I wouldn't. It's just that I think you, you have to be passionate in, in, in along those lines. You know, I think yeah. like Howard the Duck, you know, I'm mm-hmm. trying to think of like who, uh, you know, that was a character I kind of related to as a kid. Sure. Um, 
I mean, Howard the Duck's not much difference than Shakes the Clown. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, right. But you know, like like uh, James Gunn's my my good buddy, and right. he's doing what he that was his dream, you know, and he right. he 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 loves it, you know, and right. uh, I I I uh, I I don't look at him and. And ever feel jealous because he does the work. And it's it's you know, this was the first time I saw the uh two things. The Oscars came out mm -hmm. and I'm watching everybody at Sundance. Mm -hmm. And this is the first year that I don't have any jealousy. Wow. For some, for some reason I'm watching the Oscars and I'm like going, Hey, the weirdos did pretty good this year. Yeah. And yeah. then and I'm looking at Sundance and I'm like you know, I, I've had four movies at Sundance, but it's been yeah. a while. And when I was looking at these movies, I was like, oh, all right, well, you know what? Maybe, 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 you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe I'll be there in a year or right. two again. So it, it's, it's, uh, I love Sundance. It's to get to watch your movies in front of crowds that love movies is right. that's the whole goal, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of people ruin the Sundance experience for themselves because they think, Oh, I'm going to get an agent. I'm going to get a manager. I'm uh -huh. going to take off. Right. Uh, you know, every time I make a movie, Elvis Mitchell, the first, after the first movie, he was like, yeah, you'll be doing a studio picture next year. And I was like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so every uh -huh. every year i got still didn't do it you know so so right. if i actually do do a studio film it'd be pretty funny i'll call him first right <laughs> say right. okay okay 20 years now he finally did it yeah but maybe the studio has come along i mean also another headline with the oscar noms today is that a24 led all the studios and nominations that's so great with like 18 i think that's so great yeah and they they're only like into really weird or like highly dramatic movies yeah yeah well, that's that that is great you know um i have to say you know my mental health the 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 is like how much i i'm how jealous i am and stuff so i must be in a really nice spot this would be a perfect time for my timely death yeah he was really <laughs> it was he was really happy right <laughs> so, right <laughs> Yeah, yeah, going out on top. Right, right. Yeah, that's where, oh, man. Anytime, I mean, I joke about, like, how if people on their wedding day say it's the happiest day of their life, like, you know, like, <laughs> all the other days are just... <laughs> yeah, on the way yeah, down. On the way down. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, that applies to, if you say any day is the happiest day of your life other than the last day, then mm. every day objectively is worse. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's a that's a great point. I um I just came out of like I had really bad COVID and I was, it was about eight months of being laid up. Ooh. And your brain starts treating your you like, well, I'm an old man and I'm never gonna and uh uh so it's so great to feel good again. And that's and amazing. To, I didn't even know. I'm so sorry you got long COVID, man. No, it was okay, but it's like, yeah, I had respiratory damage and um and uh 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 definitely had an ed which i think if they told all these hillbillies that wouldn't get vaccinated that that they could lose their erections <laughs> uh -huh. they would have been they would have been slugging each other out mm -hmm. <laughs> to, to get vaccinated but um i'm back and that's enough <laughs> we don't need to 
we don't need to discuss anymore about sure 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 yeah we leave it <laughs> we leave it at that <laughs> um i know you have two sort of dream projects on the table but is there something that you you is there something in the horizon that you would love to make if you just had all the resources at your disposal um yeah probably you know i've been for years i've been threatening to do this this musical based on a kinks album called yeah, schoolboys cool. yeah called schoolboys in disgrace and that would be it because unlike all my other movies you can do them relatively inexpensively but to right. do uh, a musical you know ray said to me I, he goes he goes that album didn't sell at all why would you want to make a movie about it and i'm like well that's my favorite album you know <laughs> <laughs> right right so so it's not like uh it's not the easiest thing but i haven't given up on it and and hopefully someday i'll do it yeah that'd be great i love that you use the word threaten <laughs> what? what do you mean? why well that that to me says that you're eventually going to do it as like oh, oh yeah I, i'm hoping like somebody will no i'm I, i'm gonna do it time yeah yeah and that's how i feel about all the scripts and all the ideas it's like i always think of them as you know th this is part of why i haven't been able to do too well within the system is i'm not like oh give him x amount of money and x amount of time and he's going to deliver the script these scripts and ideas come in when they come in it's like landing planes right like that right. script that i told you that i worked on uh uh that's a kid's movie the first draft of that was 13 years ago right and so during the pandemic i just threw out the whole script and right. kept about maybe 10 or 15 pages right and uh so you know you, i just i can only land them when they come in Right. But when they come in, I, I might be misremembering this, but I could have swore that in an interview you said sometimes your writing process is that you lock yourself in a Motel 6 or something like that and yeah. order terrible pizza until yeah. like, until it's done. And the idea is that like this is so bad that I need to finish. Yeah. Writing. Yeah. I, I would stay in a, a, a chain quality hotel or less. <laughs> and and yeah, that's how I knock out. I, I've knocked out a lot of scripts. I've knocked out a lot of screenplays and right. first drafts that way by saying, okay, turn off the phone. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I can think of one particularly up in Oxnard. It was a <laughs> shitty hotel, man. And I and I and I I think that was the first draft of uh of God Bless America. <laughs> Seems <laughs> so perfect. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, yeah. really sketchy. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I do. Oh, I, I do think there is value in that. I mean, especially because like with how connected we are and how the ease of everything on the Internet and even just on your phone. It's like, why, 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 it, why would you write? You know? Yeah. 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 And also, I think the biggest. Like piece of advice maybe is is you know I need that inspiration to 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 pull the trigger on on mm -hmm. something, right? Like I was like the pulling the trigger on on the new draft of that movie I'm talking about was I was like could you write a sweet movie right now in this climate you know that was the challenge right uh, and so I went back and I did but um 
you know, to it, it's stop overthinking everything. If you're really a writer, try writing. You know, Eric mm -hmm. Idle's my buddy, and he's up every morning at 5 a.m. and he's just writing. It's either a book or an idea or whatever. Um, um, I'm not that nuts, but uh, right. You know, stop making sense. You know, stop thinking too hard. You know, right. Get do it. You know, yeah. There, there's a reason people preach morning pages from the artist yeah. way, and then I remember, you know, not that I'm even a screenwriter at all, really, but like I took was it writers boot camp, and their mantra is writing is rewriting. Yeah, which is really very helpful. But but I can't rewrite without time. Right. You know, like I got to forget about what I wrote and then go back and it's really clear like, oh, this is garbage or yeah, or or, or this this is actually good. I should keep this. You know, right, right. Absolutely. Yeah, I did a bit of that. There's out of all the stuff I like wrote in film school and through that program. I think there was one thing that's worth salvaging. I just have to like find time. Yeah. Well, again, time. Well, it's taken me all these years in making eight movies to go ask myself, is this original? And not saying am I not am I being derivative, but am right. but am I doing this in a way that's unique? Right. Um and that's really important. You know, before Absolutely. it used to be, can I do this? And now I'm like going okay, I probably can do this. So how am I going to create a world that folks haven't seen already? Right. And I, I, I sincerely hope you keep that spirit alive. Cause it's, I mean, very like clear throughout your work and what, you know, even though maybe studios aren't asking for those movies to be made. I mean, it's clear that like after they're released, there's so much acclaim for them that I, it's like, Oh, well, we, I mean, you didn't know that you wanted it, but now you do want it. Well, thank you. But it, it, the funny thing about the movies that I make is that they really are different. Mm -hmm. So it kind of prevents me from developing a fan base in a way. It's right. like there's people that really like Willow Creek, the scary Bigfoot movie. Mm -hmm. And then they go, oh, well, I should watch sleeping dogs lie and they go oh my god what is wrong with this guy you know what i mean so <laughs> right so, so now like that it's all over the place but you know that's what makes me happy so i'll just right. keep doing it sweet well thank you so much for joining me today. oh thanks for having me i'll see you soon i'll be back out in los angeles to work on this thing with dana so i'll sweet. see you see you at uh, the clubs yeah absolutely uh where can people find you online is there anything else you'd like to promote no just instagram is the you know i don't really have anything else any other place at this point but instagram is usually where you can keep abreast on what i'm doing right. and uh and that's it you know i'm not on facebook and i'm not on twitter i got right. off when elon musk <laughs> <laughs> yeah and a lot of comedians keep making fun of him, but a lot of them we haven't gotten off. Uh, yeah, they're still on there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't. I'm, yeah, for people who there's a very specific niche of comedians that like trying jokes out on Twitter the way that they've been trying it for years. Yeah, kind of. They don't want to give that up. No, yeah. and and I don't blame them. And and uh, but that's not my fan base. No, no, it's not. <laughs> but. Uh, happy to ha have you on wherever we can find you 
Uh, I'm Jay Kroger. I created the Comedy Bureau. You can find the Comedy Bureau at thecomedybureau.com, at the Comedy Bureau, across socials. You can find me on Instagram at NotTheSupermarket, at Twitter at MFJ Kroger. So many great causes of support at this time. Uh, support like a, a, a gun control one. That sounds like a good one right now. Um, but if you have money in general, I say left over, please support the Comedy Bureau to keep it running. Uh, do you have anything else to say as we sign off here, Bobcat? No, uh, I just hope uh, 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 I'm still uh, running the folks. Uh, oh, here's what I'll say. Uh-huh. Uh, if if you see me, uh, 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 it, it, it is me. Uh, and, <laughs> and, 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 and say hello. Say hello. I'll really appreciate it. It's funny. Right. It's like, I think. I get tagged and things like I think I saw you, but I didn't want to bother you. It's like, well, well, oh you my know. god, yeah. I get, I get, I get that a lot, right? So, so please say hi. There you go. That's all I'm gonna say. Amazing. Uh, comedy is happening on stage, on screen. Go watch. Go and enjoy it. And as the great Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Comedy Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Grineo. Artwork by Andrew Delman and KT. And part of the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.